0: Good morning, my name is Paul Erminger. I'm the lead pastor of Gulfside Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our online experience today. I wanna start off with a little bit of a picture for you. These two boxes, they both look nice and pretty, and they look like motivational calendars because they have all these sayings over it. And what I wanna compare this to is, I wanna compare this to your heart, your mind, your soul, the way that you're feeling. Because I know so many of us, we kind of have the appearance that we're keeping everything together on the outside, but internally, what's actually inside of us feels very different than how we look. And so, though these look similar, one of them is filled with what I'd say is worry, stress, anxiety, fear. And the best way that I could illustrate that was to fill this with actual trash. This smells terrible. Now look, stress, worry, fear things that don't belong inside of our heart but they get there and we somehow think that they got there by some mysterious method that we don't understand but do you know how trash got in this box i put it in here do you want to know how this trash gets inside of your heart inside of your head inside of your soul you put it there You may not have realized you were putting it there, but by what you consume, what you let your mind dwell on, what you hold onto from what you've seen in the day, that is you taking something and putting it inside of your head, putting it inside of your heart. And we try to act like things are all together, but we know right now there's a whole mess inside of me. And you know that's not how you're supposed to feel, and you know that's not how you're supposed to live. And so what, what, what is the opposite? Well, the, the thing that we really want inside of us is faith, joy, hope, love, peace. I know right now so many of us are just dying to sense a little bit of peace in all the craziness that's happening in this world. How did these get in here? Well, it wasn't by chance. We put this in here. In the same way, you have the choice, and you have to make the choice to take what has been inside of you and replace it with something better. Because not only does it affect our heart and affect our mind, whatever's inside of us is contagious we're all talking about what's contagious and what's going around right now but more than just a virus is contagious the way that Jesus said it in Matthew 12:34 was from the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks in Luke 6:45 a parallel passage he references it and he says the, the good man pulls from the good stored inside of him and the evil pulls things out from the evil and then that is what is shared now listen to me what's inside of you it's going to make its way out it's going to make its way out onto your friends it's going to make its way out onto your spouse it's going to make its way out onto your children and the other thing that you'll notice is just physically that garbage it doesn't fit in here and so this is what scripture talks about when it tells us that we need to renew our mind that that we need to make it new that the action isn't you know God would you just bless and change this that's not how God works what he tells us is you actually need to dump this out and you need to replace it and refill it with something better. And the way that this plays out is in our day. Are we continually filling our mind and our heart with voices that say everything's out of control, the whole world is going down, or are we opening up God's word and allowing him to speak into our situation and him to speak into our life? And so even right now, I am so glad that you're with us for online church, but I want you to make a recognition at the beginning of this service that the fear and the anxiety and the worry that's in my head and my heart, it has to go. It has to be replaced. And it has to be replaced with something that's better. It needs to be replaced with God's promises, his words to me. Because whatever's inside of me, it's going to flow outside of me. And I want to give my kids something better than what I've been feeling for the last week. So let's get started in searching in God's word together today. As we get started, this is the first thought, the realization that I want you to have. We need to replace fear with faith. Fear begins to take a hold and take up space in our mind that should be occupied by our faith and by our trust in God. I've had the experience with my kids. I have four kids ages 12 through three, and there's only been a couple times where it's been like this, but I've had the experience where in the middle of the night, one of my children wakes up and they're scared. Okay, that's common, but maybe you've been near someone when they woke up in the middle of the night and they had a night terror. A night terror is something completely different because what it does is they're so consumed by fear that that they, they can't get a grip on what's happening around them. And even with a child, I'm sitting there, no, it's okay, you're all right, we're at home, I'm your dad, your mom's here, everything's all right, the lights are on, and it takes them a while to get back to reality, and I want to say that, that we need to move back to reality. We have to recognize faith should be changing our perspective. Faith, faith is the recognition that, that my fears are not more powerful than God's promises, Faith is the recognition that God is gonna to continue to watch over us. Our perspective, it needs to be guided by faith and not fear. Fear redirects our energy, it changes the way that we see the world, it also redirects our energy. We, we spend so much of our time running around trying to prevent things that might happen when we should be looking at the moment that God's given us today and investing our energy in it. Okay, I understand. We, we might run low on something later, but right now, has God given us an opportunity to be generous? Faith would lead us that if we have enough now, we want to be generous with people right now, believing that God will provide for us in the future. Faith looks at the situations that we're walking through, and it sees them differently, because fear says, I need to take everything, and I need to gather it up, and I need to keep it for myself. Faith says, share with your brother as they have a need. Share with the families that you know are running low. Faith teaches us to see things differently. Fear redirects our energies and sends us spinning around. Second Timothy 1.7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and of love and of a sound mind. Our culture needs this word so badly right now. What, what, what comes from God, not fear, that's not the spirit that he's given us. Fear, fear, that comes from somewhere else, but what he has given us is power. And first of all, when we hear power, it's easy to hear that when the times are good and you know, the power to be moving on, but he gives us the power to walk through these difficult times. The spirit of God in us empowers us to make it through the difficult, not the easy, not the good, not just the mountaintops, but the valleys when things are tough. He gives us power, and he gives us love. Even in the midst of all of everyone else's panic, we can still be a source of love. And what people so desperately need to hear from the church right now is a sound mind. We need an adult in the room that isn't gonna be eaten by all the panic. There are challenges right now, but we need to have a sound mind and be calm through all of these challenges because this is the type of spirit that God's given us. Not one of fear, not one of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. This is God's gift to us. And so we, we need to take this fear and we need to begin to replace it with faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. It gives us a refresher about how God has been with us and how he's going to be. The Apostle Paul is writing here and talking about his experiences and what he's learned about God, and he says, in the midst of fear, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of persecution, he said, and God, he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. Now, this is a refresher about your faith in God and his personality in his faithfulness. He did rescue us. He will rescue us now and he will continue to rescue us in the future. This is the perspective of faith rather than fear. The perspective that God isn't standing up in heaven looking down being like, oh no, I totally missed it and things are falling apart. God is saying, no, I'll hold you up through this. I'll walk with you through this. This is gonna be a difficulty, but it is gonna be okay. We're not gonna be drawn into the panic because we're a people of faith, not a people of fear. And so to help us, to help us, because I know it's easy to say, okay, we need to replace the fear with faith. Well, what are just some practical things, man? Get back to the simple things. Get back to the very simple things, very practical, simple things that you can do to help move the fear out of your life to be replaced with faith. The the first is start with songs. Sing songs of worship. You love hymns? This is the time to break your hymns. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, break those hymns out and sing them. Because you know that when you start to praise, it lifts up your heart and it pushes out the fear because fear and faith cannot coexist together. One is going to leave. And so when you begin to sing songs of faith, it's going to push the fear out. It's going to change the way that you feel about the day that you're walking through. And so if it's hymns, if it's 90s praise and worship, if it's the brand new stuff, if you need some gospel in your life to lift your heart up, then hallelujah, break it out. Have some fun. Worship the Lord. It's going to help move that fear out. And, And the second practical thing that you already know you should be doing, pray. Oh man, this verse encouraged my heart so much from Psalm 34, verse four. When I say pray, man, I mean mean pray to the Lord who made the heavens and made the earth. Like recognize that you are boldly stepping into the throne room of God, the one who is all powerful. He has invited you in. He wants to hear from you. Know who you're talking to you as you start, but recognize from Psalm 34, verse four, what it says. It says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and freed me from all my fears. This is something that we see happen when we pray. First of all, when we take the step, and he calls us to take the step to actually spend time in prayer, to pray about real things with a real open heart before him. And then he answers. That's something that happens. As you pray, you will experience your heavenly father answer. And then on top of that, He frees us from our fears. This is why I bring this up, because when you get into the presence of God and your faith is lifted up in your heart and your mind, these fears that have been controlling us, they they, they just don't have any space. They don't have space anymore, and so they get pushed out. I prayed to the Lord, He answered me and freed me from all my fears. There's some practical steps that you can begin to to take to push these fears out of your life. And as you do that, it's gonna remind you who you are to God. That, that I am not some stranger, I, I am not someone that he, he just thinks, ah, uh, so iffy about. No, you are his dearly loved child, and he says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I have a plan ahead of you that I'm bringing you into. When you spend time with him, it reminds you who you are to him, because his view of you never changed. But we've allowed fears and worries to, to tell us lies that we buy into, and we forget who we are to God. You need to be reminded who you are just in general, who he said you are. Because you're his child, but he also didn't just say like, you're the child in the room. He actually says, I've given you a job and a title. I've given you a victory that's ahead of you that we apparently seem to forget about. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 starts off, and, and, and Paul is preaching here. I mean, like, here the apostle Paul, as he's writing to the Romans, that he, he's getting a little wound up. And he says, what then shall we say in response to these things, these difficulties, these trials? if god is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things who will bring any charge against them those whom god has chosen It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding, praying for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Dial in here. Listen to this. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered no matter the difficulty. Verse 37, know in all these things. Here's your title. Here's who you need to be reminded that you are, church. Church. Those who claim the name of Christ, this is who you need to remember you are in the face of trial, famine, difficulty, worldwide struggle. This is who you are. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is who you are. You are more than a conqueror. God will carry you through to the victory. But we have to have a recognition of who we are because we've been living as someone less than who we are. We've allowed fear and panic to set in when we should be a source of hope for the people who don't know Christ, for the people who have strayed away, for the people who've lost their perspective. The church, we need to be a hope and a reminder of how dearly loved we are. That God gives us victory over these things. The church, it will be victorious, but you have a a part to play in this equation. In the past, we had seen revival start in the churches and move throughout the cities and the countryside. But we're in a time now where I believe we will see revival begin to happen in homes and then come back to the churches. When we get to meet together again, I believe we can come back with passion and intensity and a desire to see God move through our churches and our cities. And it's going to start because we at home recognize I need to lead my family in worship. I need to choose to pray on my own. I need to study God's word on my own and fill myself up every day of the week. And I believe that this time has the the possibility of changing our world and the church in our world for the better if the church chooses to wake up and say, I am not a sufferer, I am not a victim to the circumstances, I am more than a conqueror because of what God has done for me in Jesus Christ. Because of the spirit he has placed in the church, I am set here to lead my family, I am set here to lead myself, I will study God's word and apply it, and I'm gonna live for God. And I believe that when the church starts doing that in their homes with intensity and passion, it's gonna change the corporate gathering of the church. I have no fear about this time that we're walking through, because I know a heavenly Father has a plan. And I know that as we walk in obedience to him, we're gonna see even greater things. And we'll see even greater things because we begin to choose within our own lives, within our own households, to live in a way that honors him. We need to begin replacing fear with faith, and there's another trade that we need to make. We need to replace selfishness with selflessness. I don't know if you saw this on the news, there's a guy who literally drove to every county around him and bought 17,000 plus bottles of hand sanitizer so that he could gouge the prices and resell them. Now look, I think it's awesome if you have 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer, I just think you should be giving those babies away to anybody who needs it. We need to enter these times not thinking, how can I capitalize for myself? but how can I be a blessing for someone else? And I think that these extreme times are a great time to shine a light on that issue in our culture because it's been an issue for a while just thinking me, me, me rather than others, others, others. But within the church, I think this is a great time to begin to refocus and say, going forward, this is how I live. Philippians chapter two, verse three describes it this way. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Right now, so many of us are so focused on self-preservation, and I think we need to be, begin to look around. I think we need to open up the blinds in our house and take a look at our neighbors and see how they're doing. Now, I, I think we need to begin to send some text messages and check on some people and ask if they have what they need. Because I think that God calls it beautiful when in the midst of need, we still give. In the midst of, I don't know if I'll have enough, but I know that I have to share with someone who doesn't have any. I think that God loves that. I think that was modeled in the life of Jesus Christ, that we put others' needs above our own. Not even just when we have enough, but, but even just above our own. Don't be selfish. It's such an easy passage to apply to each one of our lives. So if you're hearing me and you're the one who bought the 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer, I hope you just start giving that stuff away. There are so many people who would be thankful and blessed because of it. And whatever it is that you've hoarded up in your house, maybe it's time to start giving that away. Lead the way in the church being generous. The third thing that I want us to recognize today is that we need to contain the virus, but we need to spread the hope. There are practical things that we need to do. There, there are behaviors and there are things that we've loved doing that we need to change for a little bit to help contain the virus. I, I don't want you to get the picture from me that I don't take this seriously. We take it very seriously and we want to be part of the solution in our city in as many ways as we can. It's why we're doing church online today. But within the truth that we're going to help contain the virus as much as we can, we still have a job to do. We still have to spread hope. We still have an opportunity that God has put in front of us. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says it this way. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I think verse 24 has such great application for these times. Let's be creative. Let's think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Right now, though we have to practice some social distancing, I don't even really like the term because socially we don't need to get more distant. Like, we need to send text messages. We need to try to find ways to get involved, to be encouraging each other. We need physical distancing from each other. We need to do what we need to do to contain the virus, but we need to stay closely connected as a church, and we have to find new creative ways to spur each other on, to help each other grow, to to help each other's faith rise up. So right now, you've got to find out the ways. What are the ways in my families and in my connections at church and my connections in the city where I can help people's faith rise up? We have to continue to spread hope. We need to reach out digitally more than ever. We we need to be talking about our faith online. Look, share this video. Let people know that you're watching it. Let people know that there's still opportunity to worship together and lead our families into worship. We need to find ways to lift up hope in our city. We need to use our voice to make a difference. And so if there's another practical application to this, church, this is a time more than ever where you need to be vocal. Not vocal in the argumentative way, but in the providing hope way. And showing people, God is gonna be faithful to us through this. God is gonna carry us through this. And helping invite people to experience God's love even through this video. We've got to find ways to push the gospel forward. As I was studying this week, I came across Psalm chapter 42, and it spoke to my heart because it almost felt like it was written to this situation. In verse 4, it says, "'My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. "'I walked among the crowds of worshipers, "'leading a great procession to the house of God, "'singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration.'" Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart sad? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I remember you even from distant Mount Hermon, the the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mazar. Now listen. To me, the, these are all the, the places around them, all the places within their country, saying, I will remember you in, in all of the places that are around me. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Now, can you sense the hope that you know, there's despair And there's hope, and I hear the tumult of raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. The the fear that comes in like waves. But each day, the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. Each day, God provides new grace and new mercies. And through each night, I sing his songs, praying to the God who gives me life. I think the proper response to some of the depression that we feel The fear that we feel, the anxiety that we feel, I think the proper response is leaning even harder into worship, diving deeper into scripture, engaging in real heartfelt prayer. Because that depression that wants to take set, that fear that wants to take set in your life, it can't coexist with the faith and the love and the hope that God wants in your life. And I love how the psalmist wrote it in the midst of this trial that he was walking through. Every single day, every single day, I need to sing. Every single day, I need to pray. Because every single day, I feel this stress. In the same way, you need to take up your faith. It happens in so many different ways that the fear begins to set in the other night we had just finished putting our kids to bed and sometimes putting four kids to bed it can it can take the energy out of you and we ourselves finally sit down and we just start mindlessly scrolling and my wife leaned over to me and just said this is stressing me out of this situation in the world so I put my arm around her and I reached over to her phone and this is helpful at all times and I just closed the app and I opened the Bible app and I opened up to Psalm 91 and I said let's read Psalm 91 together and we sat and we read and this is what happened we were taking fear and we were taking worry and we were placing it in our life through the news and through other people's panic on social media and that's what we were putting inside of us and then I hit stop and we opened up God's word put that inside of us and God's spirit works through his word and our heart started to get lifted up and it it improved that evening for us but the, the the beautiful thing is within 24 hours I think my wife had shared that passage with six other people and I don't even know how many people they shared that passage with because this is the truth of the day hope is contagious We have to spread hope. Our world desperately needs it and it's what we carry. God has placed his word in us and he has given us the opportunity to share that hope with the world around us. So when our heart gets heavy, when we're feeling like we are just in the lowest of valleys, I need you to choose, to choose to sing, to choose to pray, to choose to hold on to hope so that no fear, no anxiety, and no worry can get any sort of a foothold in your heart and your mind. Choose what is gonna be inside of your heart. Choose what is gonna be inside of your head. Fill it with the Word of God. Fill it with joyous singing. Fill it with, with the choice that God, even though we're in the valley of difficulty right now, I am gonna choose to sing to you. And as you do that, I know God is gonna meet you right where you are in your situation going to walk with you every step of the way. God, we choose to worship and we choose to sing even in the midst of challenge today. We thank you that you are with us no matter what we walk through, and we will place our faith in you. We will trade our fear for faith, Lord, and walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen.